Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance. And on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, I am joined by podcast contributor Lindsay. And for this episode, we are mixing things up just a little bit. So November, we have been talking all about families, found families, DNA families, the families of romance. So for this quick shot, Lindsay and I are going to talk about the Bailey family. And this is a nine book series with three additional novellas interspersed, written by writing duo Piper Rain. So welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks, thanks, Leah. So excited to be here. <laughs> so excited to talk Baileys with you. I know you, the Baileys are one of your favorite series and we will get into why. Um, so I know you're super excited. So let me tell you what the books are first, and then we will get into all of this. So the Baileys mantra is big family, big fights, big love. Um, so the book list is lessons from a one night stand. That is a book one. It is Austin and Holly. We have Advice from a Jilted Bride, which is Brooklyn and Wyatt, Birth of a Baby Daddy, Rome and Harley, Falling for My Brother's Best Friend, Savannah and Liam, Demise of a Self-Centered Playboy, Denver and Chloe, Confessions of a Naughty Nanny is Phoenix and Griffin, Secrets of the World's Worst Matchmaker is Colton and Juno, Winning My Best Friend's Girl, Kingston and Stella, Rules for Dating Your Ex is Sedona and Jameson. And then the novellas were Operation Bailey Wedding, Bailey Babies, and Bailey Birthday. And all of these were released from February 2017 until September 2020. So a little over a year and a half, right about a year and a half for like the entire series to be released. So the tropes of everything. We have siblings raising siblings, second chance, jilted bride, siblings, best friend, secret babies, nannies, single mom, friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, one night stands, rom-coms. So there's so many tropes, but we have nine different books. So of course there's going to be tons of tons and tons of tropes. So let's talk about the Baileys. <clears throat> so so I this- really, one of the things that I think is really interesting about the series is that like the books span even though they were released over a year and a half like they span Mm -hmm. a good chunk of time um a real big chunk of time and one of the things that she does really well is she keeps giving you more and more babies from Roman Harley to kind of gauge like how the time is Mm -hmm. passing (laughs) which is really fun um so you always kind of know like how you know how is time passing and it starts with I think Sedona and Phoenix who are the youngest and they're seniors in high school Mm -hmm. um in the school that Austin and Holly meet at and then it evolves into like uh, it ends with Sedona who is in her mid-20s so about like six years later Mm -hmm. Um, yes and actually Sedona and Jamie or Jameson who is her hero like they are dating at the time that the series opens and so they have went through a lot of emotional like changes and moves and like physical distance and emotional distance in the series and like you get little snippets of them throughout the book but you don't get a lot of them because they've lived in new york new york new york they lived in new york for a lot of the series after phoenix and sedona graduated 
So let's talk about the siblings as a whole. So their parents passed away in a snowmobiling accident when Austin was still in college and he came home, like he was in college in California, but he came home and to help raise the remaining siblings. So he took care of the house. So he was like Mr. Mom and Savannah took over the timber company that the Bailey family owned. So they divided and conquered. And it's ironic that that was the split. How do you feel about that? I loved it. I felt like it fit really well with their personalities. I felt like you know, Austin was such like a charismatic, nurturing, mm-hmm. outwardly like loving person. It was really surprising to me in his story to for him to be like so career focused, like so driven to like go back and kind of get these things that he'd you know, he'd given up on um to come back and take care of his siblings when like he was such a natural in that environment. Mm-hmm. And um also like that's such a are we allowed to spoil things? Like, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, spoilers. Okay. We are going to spoil things okay. because you can't well, talk about nine different books in a series yeah. <laughs> without spoiling things. Well, yeah, and I think like that's one of the things that really gave Austin complexity was like that background, and then the fact that like through much of the book series, him and Holly are struggling so much to have babies. Mm-hmm. Um, like they want children, they want a big family. Um, you know, he spent all this time taking care of his family. And I just thought like it was such a natural fit for him. And then to like see him struggling throughout the book series, like, yes, they got a happily ever after. They continue to get a happily ever after. And I really love like how through all those books they show like the kind of it's so great because it shows like the natural evolution of a relationship like things that you would actually see happening like post happily ever after moment well um and and one of the things that i really liked about it is like since it is such a long series of books like yes they got their happily ever after but you can see that they're still struggling like life is not perfect like you see them throughout like the years and the sequential books and this like as the series progresses where they go through like hard times because yes they're happy yes they have each other yes they have this like intense love for each other and like the family as a whole but like not everything is perfect because like it's life like that's so it, it gives it a a realer like feeling and a realer emotion because you see their struggles like as their younger siblings are having babies and their younger siblings are getting their HEAs and all of that. But I also thought it was like, it was really interesting that Savannah took over the timber company. And one of the things that was interesting about that too was that, um, she runs it with grandma Dory, mm-hmm. but also like, I really like that Savannah took over the timber company because the book series being based in Alaska, Alaska has a very high percentage of female owned small businesses or businesses in general, mm-hmm. it's like disproportionate to the rest of the U S. Um, I think it's like something like 33% of businesses mm-hmm. are female owned. And I really loved like I don't know if that was intentional, but I do really love that like she took over the Bailey Timber Company um, and like, especially how that played into her story as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because 
And I, you know, the one thing that it was never really clear on was like why they took those roles. It just kind of seemed like they naturally fell into them. Um, I don't remember anything like specifically calling out like, I don't, how that like, came about. There were a couple moments in Savannah's book where she was like, she talked about how like she never would have been good. Like she she wouldn't have been a good fit in that role. Like she is too OCD and too micromanaging, and she. It's not that she doesn't love her siblings, but she didn't feel like her her insecurities would have been good as like that person. And like Austin, like he had that natural like nurturing personality that that really like worked. Like yes, they had issues with the the twins because they were young and they were very little, like when the, their parents passed away. So they, I mean, they all really grew up a lot in this crazy sibling dynamic. But one thing I really like too, is the fact that all nine siblings, like, I mean, there's two sets of twins, but all nine siblings deal with this situation completely different. And I think that's, very realistic and very organic because it that's true because you could you have multiple siblings in a family that your parents pass away like nobody deals with that in the same way like nobody's emotions are the same nobody nobody processes the same way and I think that it was really interesting to see like the progression through all nine of them and even once you get to Sedona's books and like Phoenix's books and in Kingston's book like those are like they're so far past that, that it's, it becomes this whole new animal because like they're finding new things for them that they're like, oh, my parents, like I lost them so little, like it was so normal, but now I'm making these new steps and things are like, I'm feeling those things again. Yeah. You really see that. I think in uh, Kingston's book in particular, where Mm -hmm. like, he's kind of reckless (laughs) and he kind of goes to the extreme like he he does things like he's a very carpe diem type character Mm -hmm. and he's a smoke jumper isn't that what he is he's like his career is a smoke jumper so he travels a lot like he isn't home a lot in like his book like he he's coming home and like like this is like his moment for things to change yeah but I, I, one of the things that you were talking about, like on the grief front, that's one of the things I think she did the best. Each of the stories, the grief element is a huge component of that story. And I really like how, I, I thought, especially in um, like Savannah's story, mm-hmm. you see so much of like how deeply impacting the grief is like for each of them and they have to overcome like the grief and how they hold themselves back as a part of that to actually achieve their happily ever after Mm -hmm. and then like they're also well matched like for each story they all have like a very you know they all have their own unique trope but each story like the characters are really well thought out and they are really good matches they are yes um each other so yeah, like with Denver book, Denver's book, like Denver is this, he doesn't take a lot of things seriously. He's just kind of this happy-go-lucky guy. Like, yes, like 
he has his faults and yes, he has his insecurities, but then Cleo, like him and Cleo, like they don't get along for the longest time because she sees him as this like guy who doesn't take anything seriously and is just out for a lot of fun. And so she really puts him in his place a lot. And he, it's one of those things where he see like finally sees like maybe this is how people perceive me and maybe I should change things and is this what my family sees me as because they the family as a whole has a really good relationship but there are still like things that they hold really close to the vest and they don't really talk about just because they've all been in this situation for so long so they're just kind of used to not talking about certain things. Yeah, I, I think my second favorite, my first favorite was Savannah and uh, Liam. Mm-hmm. And then my second favorite was Denver and Cleo. And like one of the things I loved about Denver's story is because like his, so he runs the adventure company with her, uh, Cleo's dad. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he passes away. Cleo inherits the company and he is basically without knowing it, acted as a matchmaker for them Mm -hmm. because they're both, you know, they both have um, kind of a, Cleo's got a sense of detachment from her parents. Um, She Mm -hmm. she lived in Dallas. She only saw her dad for one week a year. And a big reason why she hates Denver is because she felt like her dad, um, you know, loved Denver and thought of Denver as his son, whereas like she was his actual, you know, his actual child. And mm-hmm. that was a huge hurdle I had to overcome, but because of like that detachment, like they had such similar experiences. Um, and like, it, it just, all of the relationships, I felt like, even if it wasn't a story that I particularly connected with, like all mm-hmm. of the stories, they had a very deep connection between the characters. Um, yeah. And I think, I think part of it too, though, is just the way in which they make those connections, like Colton and Juno, like they've been best friends forever and they both have had feelings for each other, but they're both kind of clueless about it. Like they, and it's one of those things where something big has to happen for, for like, for that first step. And I just, I, Juno, like I really enjoyed her, but she was one of those characters you, she's just kind of there for a lot of the books. Like she, she was a big part of it, but she wasn't a big part of it at the same time. And so like her book, like you, you didn't really know a lot about her, like going into her book, other than she was this matchmaker that really was not that good, but like she wanted to be in, like, she basically was with Colton, but they weren't together at the same time. So like, I felt like with her book, like you got this whole new perspective on her, like once you got into it, cause you got so much of the other siblings throughout like the, the stories, but she kind of was, she wasn't a big, like shining, like huge personality. And I think that was part of it. Like, there's a lot of big personalities in this family. And so she was kind of left by the wayside, but like, she really like came into her own in her book, which you want to see, but at the same time, like, it was just like surprising. Like, she has a lot of personality. You just, she's just so overshadowed by like Denver and Rome because they are big personalities. Yeah. And she holds herself back so much. That was one of the things I think like with um, Colton and Juno's story, I felt like Colton, you didn't get 
you know, most of the other stories, both of the characters are working to overcome something. Mm-hmm. In Colton's story, I felt like he was solely dedicated to helping Juno overcome herself. Mm-hmm. Like the big hurdle there was all Juno. So like in that story in particular, you get a lot more, I think, of Juno and her perspective and her feelings and like her growth than you do in any of the other stories because it's more balanced. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot more balanced. Well, and I think part of that too is because like Colton has been around so long, Mm -hmm. like with like Harley, like Harley in Rome had a one night stand, but she told, he told her she was done, like he was Denver. So she's looking for Denver, Denver when she first shows up at this restaurant, like that he's opening with a baby. And so like Mm -hmm. that, like that whole dynamic, but was kind of crazy, but I mean, (laughs) they both did it. So it was one of those things for like, nobody was surprised that it happened but the fact that like once like they hit their like hea like they just started popping out the babies like he was all about having babies and like a big family and like wanted all that yeah it was funny because like you really don't see i didn't think you saw a whole lot of room before that and then all of a sudden harley's there with a baby mm-hmm. for denver and like that that is just so funny for me like the fact that they actually moved past the fact that he lied to the women that he was sleeping with and told mm-hmm. them this is twin like that is that is hysterical <laughs> well i think part of it though too like it was he didn't like they did like talk and so like he didn't lie about anything aside from his name which let's just talk about their names just real quick. So if you notice a, a theme here, they're all names of cities or places. Um, and that is the place where they were conceived. And the twins, like they have two because their mother was a travel writer. And so that if they were layovers, which I just thought was really funny, but like, it was funny. Cause like they, in each book, like they talked about it a little bit and they're like, why would you like, want to know that (laughs) it's also like the way they're all spaced out like their parents they talked about how their parents um you get like little snippets of their parents and their story and like how things were balanced between the two of them and it Mm -hmm. all comes to like a culmination with Sedona's story because she's also a travel writer like her mom um Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the siblings all like have their own interpretation of their parents' relationship. And like, you know, some of them feel like, you like one of the things, like they all have questions about their relationship, like their interpretation of it. They were all very Mm -hmm. young um, when they passed away. So, I I mean, aside from like Austin and- um, Mm -hmm. Well, because in Austin's Austin's book, like there was this one part about- him like was his dad okay with just doing what his mom wanted and so that was part of like his hang up like if he makes a decision based on holly like is that enough for him and he's and so i but i think dory like being there and she she didn't step in to raise the kids she was there as like a guiding force like she was there if if they needed her but she also was like the words of wisdom and like told them like this is like what your parents were like like your grandfather did not want to run the timber company like so like my generation like he made that decision to stay for me because I was here like and it kind of 
shat like foreshadowed like their situations like from generation to generation but dory's such a force like she is crazy crazy grandma who they would drop everything for but at the same time like she she does her thing but she's she's such a force in this family she's also in her 80s Mm-hmm. When I see this so like a big question I think they address a few times in the books is like why did Dory not raise them and she was very clear like she was in her 70s when you know they passed away mm-hmm. she was like I she could not handle raising kids at that point like she couldn't keep up with kids for one so that's why Austin um kind of stepped up but she was there like you could tell like she was there and she cared so deeply about mm-hmm. them and um like her meddling like I just love grandma Dory so much yeah (laughs) yeah I I think she just is such a force like she's just one of those crazy forces where people just like you just can't help but love her so you said that you like Savannah and Liam's story the best I my favorite is the last one I really enjoyed Sedona and Jameson's story I've liked them all, but there's just something about their book that gets me. And it might be the baby and like that, like whole storyline, the way it plays out, but it might just be the fact that like, they are this, they were high school sweethearts and they went through some really tough stuff. And I think that the, the way that Savannah or Sedona made decisions and the decisions that she made for herself were like, so mature and so smart that she did what she needed to do and she was like in like when Jameson finally like comes out of his fog and sees like what he really truly has lost like that makes such a big difference and just the growth of that from 18 to 26 or whatever they are at the end of the series it just I just really enjoyed that that growth of their relationship throughout the the years. I did too. I thought that was a really good story. I didn't expect a lot of that story. Mm -hmm. And I did not expect Sedona to be such an old soul kind of Mm -hmm. Um, Like to be the youngest in the family and to have like to do the kind of things that she was doing like and and that's one of the things I loved like when Jameson comes back and sees Savannah and she's pregnant and Mm -hmm. he's like what (laughs) like you know he thinks that she's married or all this other stuff like I just love that element to the story Mm -hmm. I love that like he didn't just come rushing to get her that he actually well, and I, they had to go through so much together and like overcome so much together. And I really like how um, they address that, but also that the family, one of the things that they do is like the family knows these people, like they know a lot of the times they know these people and then they take it very personally when one of their siblings is hurt, mm-hmm. but they also trust their sibling. Like if their sibling makes a decision, um, they might not agree with someone. it, but they back them up. Yes, they do. And that's, do. that's one thing, like they, they fight, they don't like disagree. Like they, they yell, they scream, but they, at the core of this series, it is 
their family, the, the nine of them and the people that they have brought into their lives. So it's 18 total by the end of it. Like they will throw down to anyone to protect <laughs> what's theirs, which yeah. I just think is wonderful. And like, I think that's just a great way that this story, like they fight, they, they, they'll brawl if they need to, but like, even if they disagree with everything that is happening, like they still back them up in their own way. Okay, so Lindsay, do you like this series? <laughs> yes, um, so more than the family perspective, I actually love this series. I'm an Alaska junkie. I love spending my vacation time there. And like so much of what is portrayed in the stories is spot on. It's one of the, in my opinion, best written Alaskan series out there. It's actually how I came across the Baileys. <laughs> um and it's just like it's, it's so well done it's so well done and I like I can tell like some of the places I've been what's inspired by them and so I love that element of it and then the writing is really good but also the audiobooks are fantastic are so, they I've yeah I've, they're good. <laughs> that's good yeah I really like this series too I think the dynamic of the family is really well done like the series as a whole like you don't have to read it together to get the, the dynamic of the, the family, but it, I mean, you definitely want to, because then you get everybody, but I like the fact that like each book, it holds up on its own, but at the same time, like it, it's a really well done, like full series. So who would typically like this series? I felt like there was a book for just about everybody in this Bailey series. Mm -hmm. I think they're all contemporary romances. So you'd have to love contemporary romance, but there's a trope for everyone. And I think that they can all be read as a standalone. You don't have to dive in to read the whole thing. I did. Mm -hmm. I loved it. (laughs) Um, But at, you know, at the very least, if you're curious, like just pick one of the tropes, start there. And then if you, and then you can just jump around too. Cause if you find like one of the Baileys that really like sticks out, just go to their book. Yeah. Any, any fan of like a contemporary, they're rom-coms, but they're not like in your face like they're subtle humor for a lot of it but they're but they're not angsty either which I like um so would you recommend this series yes (laughs) yep yeah I definitely would recommend this too um I think it's a great series the the character development and the characters as a whole are just really good so well Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on A Quick Shot of Romance and talking the Baileys with me. Thank you, Leah. It was fun. (laughs) Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.